Hey, goons and gaggle. What you're about to hear is a special Valentine's Day episode of our talk show podcast, Goon Talk, which we offer on our Patreon for subscribers at all levels. In it, myself, Campbell, who plays Winnie Winchester on the Stradcast, and Trevor, the critical failed DM, sit down for a deep dive into our relationship as we approach our eight-year anniversary. To instantly unlock a backlog of over 25 more episodes of Goon Talk and hear all the behind-the-scenes Stradcast scoop, head to patreon.com slash criticalfaildm and subscribe starting at just $5 a month. Take your Valentine's Day with advantage. We first met in January of 2015. I think it was January 1st, wasn't it? Or January 2nd? I know it was early because I remember driving back from Massachusetts and, you know, I look for bird signs every year. First day of the year, I look for a bird sign and that portends how my year will go. The reason that I look for bird signs every year on the first day of the year is because on the first day of 2015... I was driving back from Massachusetts, and a bald eagle drove directly over my car as I was headed back to Philadelphia. And that is the year that I met you. All right. Can I destroy the mood with what I'm about to say next? (laughs) We met in the first day of rehearsal for The Whale by Samuel D. Hunter at Theater Exile in South Philadelphia. I was rushing out the door that morning and I did not have time to poop. (laughs) We think back on that day as like, that's the day we met. Trevor, I don't remember you. (laughs) I don't remember talking to you. (laughs) I don't remember how the first read went. (laughs) Because my stomach was making sounds. And as you know about the Theater Exile building, it's not like this anymore because that building has been completely renovated. But Theater Exile was this really scrappy, South Philly, small brick, black box space. It didn't have any dressing rooms. It had one office where all of the actors would get ready. And it had one bathroom that was in the main lobby that was adjacent to the rehearsal room slash theater. And I knew I could not poop in that bathroom. It was the first day of school. I was sweating. (laughs) Wow. I can't believe it. It's taken me eight years to hear that story. You've really never told me that before. Knowing what I know about you specifically, I think it takes exactly eight years to hear that story. (laughs) And I feel I wear that story as a badge of honor. Thank you. So eight years. When this episode is released, it'll be around Valentine's Day, 2023. We met in January 2015. We started dating sometime around Valentine's Day 2015. Eight years we are celebrating this year. And for some reason, this is the anniversary that I am looking forward to like Christmas. Maybe what it is, is that it feels like when I say we've been together for eight years, people are like, oh, wow. And I think that that's what our time together is worthy of. I think like, oh, cool. I even said to someone the other day, they were like, what's going on in your life? What are you working on? And I was like, I'm working on eight years. (laughs) 
I'm working on coming up on my eight year anniversary and I'm delighted. I feel like that number honors the amount of time we spend together and the amount of work we have put into this and how much pleasure we've taken from it. And it's a good time for it because as of the recording date, I am in rehearsal for a show at the Lantern Theater where I have worked many times. The director of that play also directed us in The Whale. The Whale has also just been made into a movie. All the kind of things are lining up. Can you talk a little bit about The Whale? The Whale was a very, very important time in my life, obviously. But it was also one of, if not the most successful theatrical production that I've ever been involved in in Philadelphia. And in fact, in the days and weeks leading up to starting Lifespan of a Fact, I had so many people say to me, I still think about The Whale. Have you you've experienced that? It was well received in the Philadelphia theater community, which is a wonderful achievement <laughs> and something that I am really proud of. <laughs> I totally agree. What do you remember about the day that we met? Was it anything interesting? Yes. The day that we met is the day that you decided you would be Campbell. Oh my God. I knew you on the first day you decided to be Campbell O'Hare. So yeah, that stands out a little bit. That's pretty insane, actually. Wait. Well, it's your story. You talk about it. That's it. That's super interesting. I had been in one professional show before that, which was Rapture Blister Burn at the Wilma Theater. And I had decided in my senior year of college that I wanted to go by my middle name, which is Campbell. It's both of my grandmothers have it in their names. My one of my grandmothers, it's her middle name, and one of my grandmother, it's it's her maiden name, and my first name is Megan, which I never quite felt like suited me. And so when I graduated from college and I started working professionally, I wanted to go by Campbell O'Hare, and I was really nervous about that transition. So I think during Rapture Blister Burn, I only committed to it in like the the playbill, but I couldn't commit to it in real life. So you are actually one of the first people who is significant in my life for a long period of time, who only has ever called me by that name. And since like the first day, because I, re- I remember it very vividly. It was sort of like the, it was the first day of rehearsal, so we were just talking about business. A, a, lot, of, a lot of the first day of, a, of the re- of rehearsal for a theatrical production is spent in sort of like proceeding business stuff um the designers will come in and they will talk about like the lighting designer will give a presentation the the costumer will give a presentation you know all the sort of departments are present on the first day but we were doing some just business stuff and i think i can't remember who he was exactly i I assume that it was the stage manager asked do you want us to call you megan or campbell and your answer was oh just whatever you want there was an actress in the show named Kate Chakowsky. She's, a, a, yeah, a tremendous actress and just like a, a tremendous feminine force to be around, I will also say. Both women, both of the other women in that show, I, I felt fortified by. One of the reasons is because on the first day, Kate Chakowsky looked at me and was like, commit, commit, say what you want to be called and then demand that of people. And I hadn't been able to do that when I had tried it the first time, I just kind of like, I just couldn't commit. And she was just like, just do it. Tell people how you want to, what you want to be called and how you want to be treated and then let people rise to the occasion, which I think is a really good lesson for a, a 22 year. I was 22, I think. It was a good lesson. And I have watched you relearn and incorporate that lesson so many times in our eight years together. And it's been, and one of the great 
things I have been able to note across that time is how much easier that has become for you, which has been an enormous part of your growth since I met you. You're welcome. I love you a lot. (laughs) (laughs) When we met, I was dating someone else, and we had been in a relationship for probably, oh gosh, I don't even know at that point, many months. I don't know. I don't think it had been a year yet, but many months. It was a significant relationship. I was spending a lot of time with this person. We were exclusive and committed. And what started happening in rehearsal is that our scene together, we had one big scene together in The Whale. I played Ellie, which that's crazy. Yeah, that's wild. Which that's crazy. crazy. And I actually don't think I've ever thought about that. I really love The Last of Us. It's a really part part of my personality. I'm very unique in that way. Nobody else loves The Last of Us. Um, I'm just kidding. I played Ellie. You played Elder Thomas. We had one scene, one big scene together, and that was when we are sitting on the couch at my house while my dad is asleep because I drugged him. And I am forcing you to smoke weed. (laughs) And we would sit on the couch rehearsing the scene and smoking our like fake herbal weed out of the little bong thing or the bowl thing. And then we would go on a 10 minute break every, you know, whatever it is, hour and a half, a theatrical 10. Thank you, 10. Everybody else would go on a 10 and you and I would not get up from the couch. That is what started happening. We were working on this scene. We're sitting, smoking our herbal weed. 10 minutes, and we would sit and talk to each other for 10 minutes on the couch and not get up from the couch like we are right now, this distance away from each other. (laughs) Then what I remember happening next is that it was really cold in the theater. It was a really cold winter. It was very, we had snow and we had sleet. It was icy. It was January. It was in an uninsulated South Philly like brick building. And we started sitting near each other in the audience And I don't know if I said this out loud or if I just said it to myself, but it was for warmth. We were just trying to keep warm. I don't remember if like we said that was why we were sitting near each other in the audience. But I said to myself, we're just trying to keep warm because it's so cold in this building. A lot of the fun of the early days is, I don't know, dude, this is so gross. But like, I I just knew, I just knew it was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. I did not feel that way. I thought that my attraction towards you was something I was going to have to get over. It was going to be something I was going to have to move through. It was going to be a little showmance. And then I was going to like go back to my life. Let me reframe. I didn't know, but I knew that you were going to be an important figure to me in some way. I just, we were, we just had too much fun together. We had too much fun gave a lot to each other. We boost, we really boosted each other. I felt the best when I was working with you in the scene. I felt really good talking to you about whatever. Game of Thrones was big for us, for, uh, a big thing for us to talk about early, early days. You know, just talking about anything. I don't know. I knew that whatever happened, you would, you were a presence in my life. So even if that, Even if we ended up being friends, which we ultimately did, you know, I for one for for many reasons, friendship was the extent of our relationship at first, and I actually think that that is kind of the secret ingredient. That's what gives us our superpowers, is that we had to be friends first, and we're really good friends. So another big moment <laughs> was the moment where we had had a really hard day at rehearsal. 
it had been a really emotional day. The whole end of the play is my guy just like, she really falls apart. While we were walking out, we just started walking in the same direction. I'm like picturing icy Philly nighttime streets. We're walking. I'm talking about like, damn, like it's going to be hard to shake that off. And you were like, whew, this is a hard day. Like, but do you want to get a drink? Do you want to get a drink? I can't remember which one of us who asked. I think it was you. And we walked one block down the street to Bonnie's Capistrano Bar in South Philly, which does not serve food and is one of the only smoking bars left in Philadelphia. (laughs) (laughs) So you and I sat at the bar. I think we got Citywide's for $5, like a Miller Lite on draft and and a shot of like Heaven Hill. And we had the best time. The best time. Yeah, we did. It was the best first date I've ever been on. (laughs) But it wasn't. But it wasn't. And that's kind of what I'm talking about, you know? We just had a really good time. You did an impression of a Tarsier on this date. And that was actually a moment that I... I was like, I'm in trouble. (laughs) You did an impression of like, because your character was Mormon, you did an impression of a Mormon Tarsier. And you like stretched out your eyes and you looked at me and said, have you heard the good news? As a Tarsier. And something about that, I also told you when we were having that first date that I was moving. Yes. I told you at this first date that I was moving to Los Angeles that summer yeah, I do remember hearing that. And I do remember thinking, all right, well, let's let's see what happens. If she goes, I just wanted to do my, I, I just wanted to get as much of you as I could before you left. Honest to God, between the time that you first told me that and the time you were actually expected to go was a couple of months. It was like half a year almost. And so at the be- <laughs> in the early tender days when we weren't even in a relationship, when all we were really looking for was friends, I still just wanted to get as much of you as I could. Wanted to be your buddy. And we were such good buddies. Such good buddies. And you and me. So I went home. I was living with my, I was living with a dear friend of mine from high school, playwright, Hagen Bryce Walker. And I walked in that night. And in my mind, I walked in, closed the front door behind me, and then slammed myself up against it going, <sighs> Like I was in an action movie, like I had just escaped from something. And he said, did you kiss him? And I said, no, but I'm in trouble. (laughs) And I was in trouble. And I was like, this is fine. I'm going to ride this out. My boyfriend was out of town. He was working on a show out of town. He came back. I realized that it was time to end that relationship. And all this time, we're doing this really intense play together. How did we end up in a relationship? I have two really key memories uh, about that, the event horizon. One of them was we were walking to El Jarocho, which was an important, another, like Bonnie's, another important incubator of our relationship. It was a really delicious burrito joint where we went to many times. I remember walking and I, uh, and I don't remember exactly what the conversation was, but as we were passing by that house with all the satellite dishes on it, oh that we did. God. <laughs> Oh my God, the satellite dish house. That is too fucking funny. I had forgot about that for a while. Oh my God. We passed this house that I shit you not had like 11 or 12 direct TV satellite dishes on it. And we started doing this bit where my name was Barbara. And I can't remember what your name was. 
But it was about you were accumulating satellite dishes and we were an old married couple and you were like, Barbara, I need my dish. Barbara, did my my new dish come in? We had all these containers for our feelings for each other. The container was first, like, we're just in a show together and, like, we're playing two characters who talk to each other on this couch. And then there was buddies. We were good buddies. Like, we could talk to each other about anything. We were best buds. And then it was, like, role play. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're married. Like... Containers is a great word for it because it couldn't, you know, because it couldn't exist. So we just had to keep finding places to put it. So I think actually containers is a great word for it. So now we have been in a relationship since then. I think it's really very scary to know what you want. Because if you're in a situation that's not exactly the situation that you asked for, you have all of these options. You can be like, there's a lot of good stuff here. I can make this work. I remember being terrified at the beginning of our relationship because it was something I really wanted. And then there's a lot of fear there. I really, really fell in love with you. Over the course of doing this show, going to Bonnie's, we kept going back to Bonnie's. We just kept on looking for more opportunities to spend time with each other. And then when the path opens up to be like, now claim this love and build on it. I was super scared of that. Can I ask, what were you scared of? I I had been a a bit of a, a serial monogamist at that point, and it had... I I count all of my relationships as significant relationships. And I feel really lucky to be able to do that. All relationships are either long-term or short-term. No relationship is forever. And so I got to experience these long-term and short-term relationships in a way that felt like gratifying to me and I was glad of. There was something about entering into a relationship with you who I had really fallen head over heels for, for real. That love feels really fiery and rich. And I was scared of trying to build on that. We're not in college anymore. It was an adult relationship. We had fallen for each other and we were going to try and make it work. And it didn't feel like there was an expiration date on that or like, oh, well, if if I move, then that's just what happens. We were making an adult relationship together that felt significant and... I don't want to say that it felt like lifelong from the beginning, but it just felt like I I am for you and you are for me. And I think that that's a really intimidating feeling as someone who had been in a bunch of relationships that had not lasted forever. I have been divinely favored to meet you. And now I'm that's either going to last until one of us dies or I'm really scared to fuck that up. I felt the same way in those in the early days of our relationship like that intimidation and and the the weight coming to terms with the enormity at a young age of what we wanted to build together without fully comprehending that's what we were doing. How that fear manifested in me in the early days was I I just wanted to do whatever I could to take as much advantage of of whatever amount of time we had. If it came to an end, so be it. I felt the experience, and this is in fact still how I feel, because This experience, whatever the outcome of it, you have taught me what it is to love and be loved. 
I learned from you specifically how much I can love a person and what being loved feels like. And I think in the early days of our relationship, what I was feeling was learning that, what that looked like expressed in life and in, through action and time. And so as, as much as, as those early days for me were fraught in the same way they were for you, it, I just had this core understanding that this was just time well spent. I have learned from you the value of saying thank you and saying I'm sorry. I think that I have a tendency to get really defensive sometimes. And I have learned from you to apologize because you deserve it. You don't deserve to feel bad for something you shouldn't feel bad for. That was on me. That was me getting triggered about something. That was me getting wrapped up in something that has nothing to do with you. That wasn't your business. It's not your fault, but it is your responsibility. It's something that I say to myself a lot. It doesn't apply to all situations, but I have found it really useful that if I find myself treating somebody in a way that I know in the moment is not the way that that person deserves to be treated, I, I've got some stuff to reckon with. And that stuff probably has to do with me being hurt, me being treated badly, me being like traumatized in some past situation. It's not my fault that those things happened, but I can't make them someone else's responsibility. So if I take out my own trauma on you in this relationship, you are owed an apology because that's my responsibility. That's my stuff. And we have been together for eight years and that still happens sometimes. I will still get triggered by something and I need to take a minute to deal with my rage. I enter a rage. <laughs> this doesn't happen a ton. We don't have knockdown drag out fights. We don't have blow ups. We don't call each other names. But when I find myself treating you in a way that you don't deserve to be treated, that's because it's coming from somewhere else and it's not my fault, but it is my responsibility to take care of you and take care of me. You have taught me to say thank you for so many things because it's fun to do. That's the thing is like when we're on a long road trip and you put your hand on my knee for, and keep it there for like 20 minutes, I like to say thank you because I really like that. <laughs> I want to tell you when you do something that I love. We thank each other for things all the time, things that we expect of each other, <laughs> like house chores and just the way that we treat each other, we thank each other for. So saying thank you and saying I'm sorry have been really valuable and I've learned those from being in relationship with you. I have learned from you the importance of care, that the things that you do have effects beyond what you can always anticipate. It is important to have difficult conversations. We did that yesterday. Yeah, we did. It went great. We had a difficult conversation. I think I was really nervous to have that conversation about money yesterday because we share a life and an, and, a, and an apartment and we share expenses and we've been together for this long and we have like financial goals together now. And we had a conversation that I thought was going to be really hard, but we're always on the same team. If we disagree about something, we're never then not on the same team. Yesterday, I just forgot about that for a second. I was like, oh, this is going to be stressful. And then it was like a 10 minute conversation that went great because we're on the same team. We share goals. 
whatever is good for you is can only help me and can only benefit me. We really look out for each other. We really want to pick each other up. We really want to boost each other. And that is just such a gift and a constant source of strength that I draw upon. The thing that I always say is, no matter what is happening, it can only be as bad as you and I being in love with each other. That's as bad as things can ever get. And that is just an enormous reserve of energy, strength, compassion, courage, and everything, every t- everything that you need to get through life. I just have a sun well that I can tap into when I need it. So let's say you got to tap into that sun well. <laughs> let's be, let's say I'm being an issue because this has been really sweet. And also I know about myself that I am a challenging human being to be in relationship with. I'm a deep well of anxiety and I, I got a lot of shit. I, th- I not to be like <laughs> I'm so tortured. I'm it's fine, but I I come with goods. What has been the biggest challenge of being in relationship with me? The thing that fixes this is that it is the same thing that is my favorite thing about you. You are a hurricane. You have a lot of energy. You feel things hugely. You feel your emotions in an enormous way like a pixie. It's not exactly like a pixie because you are capable of more than one emotion at once. However, you feel things just so deeply and extremely. And so when it is good, when you are excited, when you're confident, when you are proud of yourself, I soar. And so then on the other hand, when you are upset... Tell the people what they want to hear. Tell them about when I'm a monster. So then when you are upset, when you are being too hard on yourself, when you're feeling scared, I feel those things too. And I want to help. So that is like maybe the thing we run into most often in our relationship is I have a thing that I'm stressed out about. And your reaction is that you want to help because you have a really strong protector and provider instinct. You want to be able to take whatever it is off my plate, solve it. And if you can't do that immediately, you feel a sense of failure is what I have observed. That's certainly been true in the past, but something that I've been learning from you is actually what is helpful. And that's the thing, is we've only just, this has been like a recent, we've figured out like in the past couple of years, because we're starting to be able to articulate what we actually need and not assume what the other person needs. And and it turns out I uh, what I need is to be like armored up and boosted up. I want to be told, fuck yeah, you've got this. You can handle this. That's such bullshit. What do you need? Okay, cool. And then to be sent on my way, I don't want to be protected or provided for always in those moments. I want to be fortified so that I can handle it. And I think that I have moved into that pretty well. You're (laughs) you're shaking your head. Yes. We talked and so it's it's yeah it's taking my in, it's taking my instinct to want to help and then uh, just over the process of a long long time and a lot of work realizing what can make that infinity loop a reality and i think maybe that just takes a long long time i think that one of the biggest factors into why it works why we've been able to make it this long and why i feel so good i feel the best that i ever have 8 years into our relationship and i do feel that way I do feel the best about our relationship that I have ever felt 
eight years in is because we just want it to work. We both really want it to work and we both work on it in myriad ways on myriad days. Our harder times is just when we come away from each other is we want to find our way back ultimately. And we always do. Can I talk about a crazy part of our relationship? Yes, please. Something that I think was a turning point in our relationship. We are both actors. We both are often acting across from people who are attractive, who we are enacting, like we are acting out loving relationships with. There's a reason why like Hollywood actors end up marrying each other. Sometimes like feelings that you portray become real feelings. I have found that to be true a ton. I feel deeply, as you have said, and I think I fall in love with people a lot. I'm like, wow, I'm standing across from you. I'm looking in your eyes. You're, uh, you're magnificent. I feel that about people, which I find really pleasurable. And about four years into our relationship, you came to me and you were like, I am feeling this, this thing. I'm feeling this thing. I don't, and you, what I heard was, I don't know where to put this feeling. I'm feeling this thing towards this girl who's playing my like fiance or something in this show. I don't know what to do with these feelings. And I realized in that moment, because you were so honest and so vulnerable to be like, I am having feelings for another person that we had never invited that into our relationship, but we had encountered it a a, a bunch. And I think I kind of hope we will continue to encounter that. That was the first time it took us four years to get there, but it was the first time we had invited into our relationship attraction to other people. I would even invite in that both of us are attracted, like we're both a little queer. We both have attractions that are outside the scope of what you and I can provide for each other. And I look back on that really tense, tender moment in our relationship as like a real boon. Because from then on, we get to invite the full breadth of our love and attraction into our shared relationship. That when you're excited about someone or I'm excited about someone, we both understand what the parameters are for that. And we can celebrate each other's pleasure. I do remember that conversation. And it took me a really long time to get to the point where I needed to voice that with you. And you were so great about it. It was just such, a, not only great about it, but like, yeah, I mean, of course. What you, you said, I mean, you said something to the effect of like, of course, you know that. And yeah, it's it has been a real gift because what it has done for me is removed the poisoned dart of the, the, the like poisonous thought that being attracted to someone else means that there's something wrong with your relationship. That conversation removed that iron stinger from my brain and heart. The discussion of who and what we are attracted to between the two of us has become something that I love so much about our relationship. I love it so much. Like we talk about, we've been watching Supernatural. And, and I... And I think Jensen Ackles, I don't know where you are. <laughs> I don't know where you are now in life or the world, or but love. I would, or in love, I would love to meet you. <laughs> I would love to know you. <laughs> and it's something I don't even really think about anymore, but it is significant that like we can just talk about our crushes with each other. I, it is 
a really powerful thing. It was a wall of secrecy that came down in our relationship at that moment that just continues to bring me pleasure. That's the, that's the thing about it. As Ned likes to sing, when I was a young drunk slut. <laughs> Everybody deserves a young drunk slut phase if that's something that you're interested in. It was something I was interested in. And I thought that like sneaking was part of my pleasure. And I have learned from you and for our relationship that if what I really, if what I want, which is it's something that I want, it's not for everybody. If what I want is to be in a relationship with one person, but I have all these attractions and all of this love to give, that it doesn't have to be, I don't have to be sneaky. I can share these things with you. And in fact, yeah, the sort of celebration of it is is an even better high than the sneaky thrill. The celebration is is really pure and wholesome and wonderful and, and, and makes both people feel good. Because I just trust you. And I don't, I, and, and I, I do actually think I'm a very trusting person. I'm not going to say to a fault because I, I think, you know, that's like, that's like saying love hurts. Love doesn't hurt. Other stuff hurts. I am very trusting. That has gotten me into some like situations. We have built our trust together. I think in order to trust you, that did not require me being an implicitly trusting person. It took just years of us continually proving to each other that we were trustworthy. And that's just an, an actionable thing. Yeah, it's not a feeling. Trust, uh, trust is not a feeling. It's, it's not like, it's just something that you build. Yeah, it's not a feeling like that you get when something happens. It is something that you actively collaborate on and takes on just a sort of power unto itself. And I do trust you. So real quick, my family is from the South. My family is from Virginia and North Carolina, and your family is from Massachusetts. My family did not know what to do with you or with our relationship. You don't look like men that my family was used to in the South. You don't behave like men that my family was used to in the South. In just the past couple of years, that has brought me pain, that my family didn't quite know what to make of our relationship we have been together for many years and we haven't gotten married. That's a little unorthodox in where I've come from. What has it been like navigating our two families? I love your parents. I think they're so special and very different. My folks, uh, my thank you for saying that. My, I, I, I think my folks are really special people. When I, I, I was never once nervous about introducing you to them or like welcoming you into the to the family because I really just believe that my parents love me so much that they're just going to be gung-ho about the choices that I make. It's why they supported me when I chose to pursue a career in acting without a second thought. They have always just really believed in me. And so I, I was so excited to introduce you to my parents because I knew that they would bring to bear what was within their power to make you feel welcome. And I hope that it felt like that in interactions with, with my family. And in meeting your family, I... I just wanted to make it work. I just wanted to make it. I just wanted to make, uh, just do what, bring to bear whatever I could, <laughs> what was within my power to just make it work, make it comfortable. And I, th and I, and within the last couple of years, I think that has become very successful, but it was, it was tough in the first couple of years. I, I certainly felt that, but I don't know. I've, I feel psyched about where we've gotten to. I feel really, especially once the, now that the babies have started coming around, I feel really excited to be in the mix with your, 
with your sisters because you four girls are so incredible. You are such a powerful force, you four. So very, very different, but also defined. In video games, they talk about a character's silhouette and how you can just understand things about them from just the way they look and a few sort of base interactions with them. I really feel that with your sisters, with you and your sisters. You are just powerfully defined characters and people. And it's, and it's really exciting to be in the mix there with you all and be welcomed in in the way that I have now. I really, I do feel like one of the crew. As the O'Hare family, like our, our my family back home, as our family grows, I think you're growing even more into this family. It's taken some years for them. Listen, they thought you were gay. Listen. <laughs> Listen. I know Lose that. Right. And and I didn't know how to say at the time. Yes, and. <laughs> As all now, me and all of my sisters are in our twenties and thirties. Two of them have kids. You are Unky Trev, and you have really really grown into our family in an organic way that just like you use so much of your humanity to bring my family joy and make things easier for us. And I think that that is quite amazing. It's been a, you know, it's been a tough couple of years for us. My my dad passed away just a couple years ago, and then we welcomed two babies. And my mom opened a new business. All of those things have happened since 2019. And you have been there for funerals and for raising and watching of little babies and for celebrating Christmas and for being there when my mom was opening her new business. You were playing with the babies in one room while me and all of my sisters and my mom were like cooking and bottling things and like preparing and like building websites and shit. (laughs) You genuinely want to be of service to people in a way that I aspire to. It's aspirational for me. It seems to bring you such genuine delight to just make other people's load a little bit lighter. I mean, in these, with the babies and being Anki Trev, I feel like I'm the one getting away with something. You know what I mean? I get to hang out with the babies all day. To expand on that, though, like, (laughs) this is how you are. And so now, here we are in the eighth year of our relationship. And we have now decided at this point to start a small business together. To start playing D&D together first and then start a podcast together. And I realized, I continue to realize that the reason I'm able to have the confidence I do in what we're doing is because I have such utter confidence in you. I think you are a singular storyteller, tremendous at what you do. You are an extraordinary actor, especially in a D&D scenario. You take care of us and you really care about the culture at this table. I have made these new friends because of you. And I get to play Winnie because of you. I think you're so fucking special. <laughs> and I can and now I get we started playing D&D together in like what like our 7th year of being together. That was the first time I'd ever played D&D with you and I got to experience our relationship in a whole new way as like DM and player. It opened up a whole new avenue and I think that taught me that that's the way that relation like long relationships can unfold is we can keep finding new 
relationships, like new ways to delight in each other, a new talent that I get to see of yours. I just don't want to take for granted the fact that we started this small business and of all the challenges that that has entailed, never for one second was I concerned about it negatively impacting our relationship. Why was that? We work so well together, you and I. And watching you in the same way, like just watching you, how you operate to in making this business successful is inspiring to me, is aspirational to me. You work so hard and you put 120% of yourself into everything that you pursue. And I mean everything. I mean everything. You don't do nothing by half. And I think that that is incredible. I want to be like you when I grow up. You have taught me the value of putting yourself on the line, just presenting yourself through the things you create. When you craft something, you say, this is me. This is the best I can do. And that is so brave. That is wildly brave. And it's great every time. <laughs> it's great every time. I just think you're the coolest. <laughs> Listen, let me make sure we answered some listener questions. <laughs> so we got a question that we answered already. Okay. We started off with a question from Tear em Up, yeah. So How Did Y'all Meet? And now I want to throw out a question from Sarah, one of the listeners who is on our Patreon Discord. If you could give one piece of advice to a new couple, what would it be? Humility is just so important in a relationship. It's a partnership that you're going into. You, are, you have to recognize that along with all the things that you can provide, along with all of the qualities that you are proud of and like about yourself, you are also bringing into it your baggage. And you are meeting another person in the exact same position. So you carry the baggage together and you indulge in the rewards together as well. I think the advice that I find myself wanting to give the most is that, oh gosh, I hope I don't sound like a dingus saying this, but I really believe... It shouldn't be that hard. We have had some hard times. And I think that the way that our relationship started out, I felt very unsure. But I have never in this relationship been in agony. I've never felt like I'm not worthy of this relationship. I've never felt like I need to be free of this relationship. The day-to-day -day boredom can be really delightful. Mostly what we spend our relationship doing is working or sitting on the couch eating dinner watching Supernatural. And I really have a great time. I think it should be a great time. And when we do get chances to indulge a little bit, when we do get a chance to go on a vacation or take a trip, it is just always so wonderful. I get really stressed out about stuff like that. I get really stressed out before a big vacation a, a, you know, a big fancy thing. And I can say to you, hey, here's how I'm coming into this. Will you be my partner in this? I don't have to pretend to be any type of way. I don't have to put on a happy face. I'm going to try to do that anyway, because I want to take pleasure in things. But even this Christmas, we both entered into that burned out, stressed out, and like a little depressed. And we were like, here's where we're at. And we cried it out and said to each other what we were really feeling and we're like let's start from let's then let's start from zero let's just experience this we don't have to put anything extra on it just bring all we can bear to each other i think you are truly generous incredibly thoughtful talented kind and beautiful i think you are wise 
intelligent, and above everything else, compassionate. Well, now I have to come up with more adjectives to top your adjectives. No, your adjectives were better. <laughs> Wait, no. Your adjectives were way better. <laughs> Thanks, love. Thank you for doing this. Just as a glimpse into our relationship, this was just something I thought up that was like something I would really like to do with you. And then I came home from work today all fired up because I had forgotten to express all those things out loud to you. This, that this was something I wanted to do. And I came home and was like, hey, I have this idea. And you were like, can I take a shower really quick? And I was like, actually, we're on a really tight schedule. <laughs> For this thing that I didn't tell you about. <laughs> yeah, but I took my dang shower. And then we had a great time. We both took our dang shower. All right, great. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. I love you. I love you. Happy Valentine's Day, y'all. Bye. Bye.